This is Over the Culture Podcast, where you get to hear my spin on things I like, like music, sports, sports entertainment, movies, TV shows, and your mom. You also get to hear about things I don't like, like begging-ass motherfuckers. And I'm your bastard of ceremonies, the one gig kid, Pat Stay Black, Alex Treblack, Reefer Sutherland, Luke Fly Talker, the most interesting blurred in podcasting, the troller of trolls, the prince of petty, Sidney Pettier, Steve G. It's January 9th, 2022, and I am so fed up with these goddamn begging motherfuckers everywhere I go, coming out of the gas station, the corner store, Walmart, the laundromat. I went to the laundromat on Friday after work, and, you know, I got what I paid for. I, I shouldn't be procrastinating. And washing clothes at the laundromat, it's one of the errands that I hold off the most because I just... <sighs> I mean, you got to deal with people at the laundromat and their kids who just have no sense of personal space, just running around. Ah, da, da, da. And so I decided to go to the laundromat and finally wash my clothes. It's been long overdue after work. I had my load in the back seat, and, you know, this was past midnight. So, you know, obviously I'm not expecting kids to be there at least. Uh, but I go in there and before I even leave my car, I see a lady sitting there and she looked like a bag lady. Uh, she had cigarettes and she was smoking in the laundromat. Uh, and I saw a gentleman with his back to the window and I was looking to see if he had a basket, some clothes anywhere around. Nope. Uh, yeah. Wanderers. And, you know, I just like, you know what, when you go in there, just fucking ignore them. Now, by the time I get in there, I load my clothes, they starting to wash. Unbeknownst to me, there was another gentleman who was slumped over at the arcade. There's like a little arcade in the corner. He was slumped over. He gets up. He starts perusing around, walking around in, through the aisles. And I'm just like, man, it's just at any minute, any moment, a matter of time, this motherfucker is going to ask me for some money. And I had my back to him initially. And the motherfucker was saying some shit to me. Like, I think he said something along the lines of, oh, man, you in a world of hurt. And I just turned around and the motherfucker was like cockeyed. He was cockadoodle-eyed. He wasn't even looking directly at me, but he was looking in my direction. And I turned around to see if anybody was behind me. Like, oh, yeah, this motherfucker's talking to me. So I got up from where I was seating and you know I was like man you know I'm just gonna stand in between the washers that have my clothes and in the back of my mind I was like dude you might have to swing on this motherfucker so I'm standing there got my eye on the phone just you know social interactions and you know just trying to get my mind off the bullshit and the motherfucker is like hey bro hey big bro hey big bro big bro big bro it's like, uh, yeah, here we are. And I didn't even say shit to him. I, I just had my hand out. Fuck, man. I, I just like, I just, dude, I ain't got it, bro. I ain't got it. And if I did, I wouldn't give it to you, man. Uh, like the audacity of these motherfuckers. I, I, I'm just so like, and I get it. People fall on hard times, but at the same time, strangers are not fucking indebted to you. Just because we're black. We're black men. 
I don't owe you my hard earned money. And it pisses me off even more because I just got off of work to wash my clothes. That's all I want to do. I just came from earning my money. I just came from work, clocked out. It's late. I want to get this laundry shit out the way so I can go home. Meanwhile, you've been sitting at fucking laundromat arcades smoking cigarettes inside. And, you know, so he left me alone. He left me alone after I just like I, I let him know I'm gonna give you money, bro. So uh, my senses are still tingling. A couple minutes later, I hear the guy say, oh, man, oh, we got to go. And he's talking to the other people that were just sitting there just loitering. And I see blue lights and I'm like, oh, my God, yes. So the owner of the laundromat comes in with cops and I have never been as glad to see the police as I was that night because I was afraid I was going to have to fight somebody. I was not the one. I was not the one. I was with the shits, man. I was like, damn, if I got to fucking pick something up, a blunt object and swing on all of these motherfuckers in here, then so be it. But luckily, the owner came in with the cops and, you know, they had to empty out the place because you're not paying customers. It caught me off guard, all of this. And I like how they weren't even looking in my direction because they could see that I was washing clothes. I was there for a reason. None of them bothered me. The cops didn't bother me. The owner, she, she knew what I was there for. And there was a back aisle where the dryers were. Also unbeknownst to me, there were like two people in the back aisle where the dryers were sleeping underneath the table. And, you know, it's a 24-7 laundromat. And because of that, people take advantage of it. And luckily, there's surveillance. Um, luckily, there's police not too far. And the owner, they keep a close eye on the surveillance, even if they're not inside. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm just very fed up with that shit. I, it, it's not that I'm against giving people money. It's not that I'm a Scrooge and I'm stingy. I just ain't got it. I need my fucking dime. I need my fucking quarters. Every nickel, every fucking penny. Shit, if I see loose stray pennies on the fucking ground, I am not above picking them bitches up. To the jar you go. Come with me, Lincoln. I'm not your bro. I'm not your homie. You don't know me. We don't go back. I'm not your little bro, big bro. You can't have my dollar, uh, half of a dollar, a quarter of my dollar. No, I need all of my dollars. This is Steve G's redemption tour, goddammit. Let me get to a certain place in life, and then I can start blessing random strangers when I come out of the fucking quick trip. When I come out of the corner store with my swishers. Oh, yeah, yeah, here's a dollar. I don't mind. I've done that before when I was at a certain place in life. I'm not there. Let me get back to where I need to be, people. Because in Atlanta, a.k.a. land of the scammers, man, motherfuckers make it hard. Motherfuckers make it real hard. I've had two roommates since I've been here this year and some change. Two roommates, both of them were pieces of shit. They both tried to con me. Both of them actually did con me out of some money. Uh, you know, both of them could be taken to court. Both of them don't have shit. So... <laughs> 
This is one of the many reasons why I just try to stay the fuck out of people's face, especially down here in Atlanta. There's some great people here who work for their money, who don't try to get over on people. I know some of them, but damn, I feel like they're outnumbered by the motherfucking devious, underhanded, underbelly motherfuckers. Get all the way the fuck out of here. Get out of my face, man. I need a gun. I need a fucking gun because I am fed up with this shit, man. And speaking of my bitch-ass roommate, this motherfucker will just not leave well enough alone. So his bitch-ass went to DR back in, I want to say, beginning of December. And, uh, you know, I've cussed him out, called him out on his bullshit in so many different ways. And I just figured, you know, he calls the DR, we're, we're done. Like, he's not, he, he's tried so much. We already have another roommate situation going on. We found somebody to replace them. That guy's cool so far. All right, man, get the fuck out of here. Let's just not see each other until the end of this lease. But he could not do that. That was hard for this bitch ass nigga to do. Because last week I get an email from the leasing office stating that that motherfucker was trying to put in his 60-day notice he put a 60-day notice in january so that would make it march for us to leave the apartment however the lease is up in april the bitch nigga wanted to break the lease one month early why uh maybe i'll never know because i don't feel like talking to that nigga I, the only explanation I could come up with is that he's just a bitch ass dude. He is a bitch in every sense. It, it, it serves literally no purpose to break the lease one month early. I don't even want to know his reasoning. I thought about texting a nigga and then I stopped thinking about texting a nigga. I don't want anything to do with the motherfucker. And he took his name off the lease but his shit is still there. So what Steve G's going to do tomorrow, Monday morning, I'm going to go to that leasing office and get some clarification and ask if bitch boy, since his name is off the lease, but his stuff is still here. Um, could I just say he left it and doesn't want it and just throw it out? I got to find that out. I, I, I need to know the, the full spectrum of my options. Because he's tried way too many times to fuck me over for no reason. He's tried to fuck me over in ways that it doesn't even benefit him. It's just for the sole purpose of fucking me over. Just like trying to break the lease one month earlier. And it's beneficial for him that we never cross paths ever again. Because I am inclined at this point to slap the shit out of him as a man you know, I, I've said this before. I don't believe in fighting. That is not my go-to. I think it's stupid. If you can't handle this shit with words and communicate, get your point across, then just, yeah, just throw the whole shit away. Just throw the whole scenario, the whole situation out the window. Now, I've sat down and I tried to be civil every fucking time, but he just don't get it. He doesn't understand the simple, the simple principle in life 
the simple principle of living with Steve G. The, the simple principle of dealing with Steve G, being around Steve G, knowing Steve G. He doesn't understand that you just do not fuck with Steve G. I am not for play play. In this recent stunt that he tried to pull, like, man, bro, like, you're asking for me to slap the fuck out of you. And that's exactly what I would like to do the next time I see that motherfucker. I have let you make it in so many different ways, man. Would you stop trying to fuck with my life? Some motherfuckers, I guess that's what it takes for them to finally learn. Oh, that person was not for play. So that's the latest edition of my roommate or ex-roommate is a bitch-ass nigga. Uh, it, I don't know. Maybe the saga will continue. I got until April. Uh, I'm sure he's trying to find different ways. Like, oh, my God. I think the motherfucker needs some attention. And I, my, my five fingers in my left hand, my five fingers in my left hand would love to give him some attention. In both eyes the side of his face his fucking forehead i feel like headbutting that motherfucker i never headbutted a motherfucker but it looked like it could cause some fucking serious damage and he's the perfect person to test that out we shall see but at the same time i ain't trying to go to jail for this fucking over this cheese eating motherfucker i'm telling him straight up bro hey we gotta throw hands. We gotta shoot a fair one. Even though I have every right to not do a fair one, I have every right to fucking pop that motherfucker when he's not looking. With a metal post or anything around that's handy. I have every right, every fucking right, because he doesn't play fair. So why should I play fair? But I do not wanna go to jail. He's not worth it. Now let's talk about a man who was not a piece of shit. A man who is a legend. A man that we lost. And that is Sidney Poitier. We lost him last Thursday. He was 94. Lived a long life. He broke barriers. He broke a lot of ground. He was the first black man to win an Oscar for Best Actor. Uh, you know, and this was back in like the sixties when he was making moves in Hollywood, he had to deal with racism outside of the lots and inside of the lots. He was breaking ground when black people couldn't even use the same water fountains as white people. Couldn't even sit at the same table, couldn't uh, go to the same restaurants, couldn't go to the same schools. But here, this black man on the silver screen, you could go to theaters and see this black man sharing screen time with some of the top white actors and actresses of their time. To say Sidney Poitier was a leading man in Hollywood is an understatement. For a period of time, he was the leading man. From 1950 to 1977 straight, he had at least one film released in theaters by studios. What's not included are the TV projects he did or the Stir Crazy he directed with Richard Pryor and Gene, uh, Gene Wilder. 
He became the first black director to have a $100 million grossing film. Among the films where he was top billed were No Way Out, Cry the Beloved, Country, Blackboard Jungle, Edge of the City, Something of Value, Band of Angels, The Mark of the Hawk, Virgin Island, The Defiant Ones, Porgy and Bess, All the Young Men, A Raisin in the Sun, Paris Blues, Pressure Point, The Long Ships, Lilies of the Field, The Bedford Incident, A Patch of Blue, The Slender Thread, Duel at Diablo, To Serve with Love, In the Heat of the Night, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, for Love of Ivy, The Lost Man, They Call Me Mr. Tibbs, Brother Man, The Organization, Buck and the Preacher, A Warm December, Uptown Saturday Night, The Wilby Conspiracy, Let's Do It Again, A Piece of the Action, Shoot to Kill, and Little Nikita. Sidney Poitier was a bad man. In a good way. He was not to be fucked with. He stood ten toes down, man. In the 50s, in the 60s, held his own legend, man. And we lose him a week after we lose Betty White. Two iconic figures who lived long lives, man. They had seen a lot. Betty White was 99. Sidney Poitier was 94. God, dog, man. I think that dulls the blow for me it dulls the blow because shit they were ready I remember my great grandmother she was 91 when she passed in 2019 she was ready we didn't want to see her go we didn't want to let her go but she was ready and it wouldn't be fair to hold on and want to keep her here when she's hurt when she's sick feeling weak a lot Now, Sidney Poitier, he seemed to be a healthy man. He lived to 90 to 94. Your organs start going out on you. Joints start cracking. Things start getting painful. I'm sure at 94, after everything that he's seen in his life, man, I did what I needed to do. So salute to that brother, our brother, Sidney Poitier. I was a big fan of the Uptown Saturday Night and Let's Do It Again, the uh, the, com- the buddy comedy films he would do with Bill Cosby back in the 70s. Uh, I don't know if they're available on streaming, man, but I-, I got sneaky links and ways to find those motherfuckers, and I think I'll watch both of those sometime this week. Now, on Friday, The Weeknd released his latest album, Dawn FM. It's 16 songs, it's 51 minutes and 49 seconds, and Steve was disappointed. Uh, I'm a fan of The Weeknd, but man, you know, uh, Dawn FM, it it seems like uh, background music at a party scene in a John Hughes 80s film. That could be a good thing, but it's just, I don't know, it it becomes redundant after a while. It just wasn't my vibe. I'm sorry I wasn't feeling Dawn FM, sue me, fight me, fuck me, whatever. I think I added two tracks from this album i I added uh here we go again featuring tyler the creator and honestly i didn't even listen to the whole thing because i was just fed up about halfway through he has a song with lil wayne i'm gonna check that out i get it i like lil wayne he's one of the goats man but yeah weekend i just uh, yeah man hopefully it'll be better next time but what i did like was gunna's latest album 
which also dropped on Friday. It's called Drip Season Forever. And it's 19 songs, 54 minutes and 54 seconds. It's got features from Young Blue, Nietzsche, G Herbo, Lil Baby, Kodak Black, Young Thug, and Future. And the song with Future and Young Thug called Push and P, that is my shit. Uh, he also has 21 Savage uh, on the track Thought I Was Playing. That is my shit. I've added about four or five tracks already. And I... I'm not, I don't even think I'm halfway through this album. Oh, and Chris Brown's in it. So yeah, man, if you like the new age rap, because I know you boom bap motherfuckers ain't going to flock to it. If you like Gunna, man, check out his latest shit, man. He did a better job than The Weeknd. And speaking of jobs, I think Antonio Brown is going to be without one for good this time. Uh, his latest stint, he takes his jersey off, he takes his equipment off, and just decides to leave the game while the game is going on. The Buccaneers played the Jets last Sunday, and in the latest AB episode, uh, the coach asked him, told him to go in the game, and he said, nah. And we've heard various accounts, it was because, oh man, he was injured his his ankle was fucked up and uh, they denied him they wanted to like freeze him out so that he doesn't make his performance stipulation for his contract to get more money his his uh performance bonus or whatever you call it uh i don't know man there's a stream of things that could be wrong with this man um you know cte could be one of them CTE is a real thing. These football players are getting rocked and mollywopped out here. And I'm sure Antonio Brown has taken his fair share of hits. I'm sure he's got leveled a lot of times. He's a prime target. Any team he goes to, you can't take that away from him. The stuff he does on the field, he's dangerous. But damn, he's a head case. And he was interviewed on a podcast over the week saying Tom Brady is over. Eh. Maybe those weren't his words, but he was just saying that, you know, Tom Brady, he can't win things on his own. He needs great people to win. And I mean, from the Department of the Redundancy Department, yeah, in a team sport, you do need more than just one great player to win championships because it's a team sport. Ask Will Chamberlain. Scored 100 points in the game. You would have thought this motherfucker had every championship his career. Nope. Kept getting handled by the Boston Celtics. Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, Sam Jones, all of that. Gang, gang. Dan Marino, great quarterback. His whole career he was a great quarterback. But he played for the Miami Dolphins. In this team sport, hoof. you need great people to throw it to. You need a, it would help if you had a great running back. I couldn't tell you one running back that played with Dan Marino his whole fucking career. But back to Antonio Brown. Man, what football player has had more second chances than Antonio Brown? Maybe Pac-Man Jones? Oh, I got another one. Josh Gordon. That motherfucker. I don't know how many times he got arrested. Kept finding a spot on a roster, though. Somehow, someway. Alton Smith. That's another one. Shit. When are y'all motherfuckers gonna learn, man? NFL stands for not for long, nigga. 
when y'all come out of college, when y'all get drafted, man, y'all better get groomed. Because those coaches, those general managers, those owners will waste no time finding your replacement expeditiously, even if it's a lesser than talent. But who knows? Because Antonio Brown's such a once in a lifetime talent. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody did pick him up. Maybe not this season, but shh. Who knows, man? This is a weird world. People are weird. And I, I gotta say, uh, go Cowboys, uh, back in the playoffs, but as a real Cowboys fan and uh, a realist, I wouldn't want to get my hopes up because all of the games that the Cowboys won this season, they were games they were supposed to win. All of those wins were against bums. The Giants, the Eagles, the Saints, Washington football team. None of the statement games, the games that actually meant something to let you know where you stand amongst the elite of the NFL. None of those games we won. Lost to Arizona. Lost to New England. Or not New England, but lost to Tampa Bay. We beat New England. That's kind of a statement game, but, you know, they got a rookie quarterback. We barely beat New England with that rookie quarterback. Yeah. But who knows? Prove me wrong, Dallas. Because what do I know? Just a nigga with a podcast. But all things January 9th. In 1993, The Bodyguard original soundtrack album becomes the first album in history since the Nielsen sound scan introduced the computerized sales monitoring system in May 1992 to sell over 1 million copies in one week in the US. In 1996, Criss Cross released the album Young, Rich and Dangerous. I think that was the one that had Tonight's the Night, please. Shout out to Criss Cross, Daddy Mac and the Mag Daddy. I was a huge fan. 1997, David Bowie performs his 50th birthday bash concert the day after his birthday at Madison Square Garden, New York City uh, with guests Frank Black, the Foo Fighters, Sonic Youth, Robert Smith of The Cure, Lou Reed, and Billy Corgan of The Smashing Pumpkins with the opening act Placebo. The proceeds from the concert went to the Save the Children Fund. R.I.P. David Bowie, man. Another real one. In 2001, Apple Inc. introduces the iTunes Media Player. And I never got an iTunes, anything, an iPad, an iPod. Uh, the, the MacBook that I bought in 2020 was the first Apple anything that I owned. But uh, yeah, man, 2001, they introduced iTunes. In uh, 2004, My Baby's Daddy premiered in theaters. And I feel like that is a underground comedic gem. It stars Anthony Anderson, Eddie Griffin, Michael Imperioli, Method Man, John Amos, Paula Jai Parker, and uh, yeah, man, it, it's fucking hilarious, and uh, it, I don't think it gets enough shine. It doesn't get enough credit. My Baby's Daddy. In 2015, Taken 3 premiered in theaters, starring racist-ass Liam Neeson, and I've never seen any of the Takens, and uh, after knowing what I know about racist Liam Neeson now, I will never watch any of the Takens. Uh, I'm good on anything racist-ass Liam Neeson. But more importantly than all of that shiite 
1984, Van Halen released the album 1984. Yeah, Stevie's talking about that white boy music again. Oh, you wanna know it's Oreo motherfuckers, old Carlton Banks motherfuckers. I appreciate great art. And Van Halen, they set the tone, the soundscape of the 80s. Eddie Van Halen's guitar work is, it can't be duplicated. There are a lot of ripoffs, there's a lot of imitations. But Van Halen created, I feel, the soundtrack of the 80s. A lot of the 80s movies, uh, those good time comedy flicks, I feel like they're Eddie Van Halen influence. Eddie Van Halen did the guitar work for Beat It. 1984 to me is the best album Van Halen ever put out. Uh, a lot of people like their debut called, it was uh, self-titled Van Halen, but 1984, it had the titles Jump, I'll Wait, Panama, Hot for the Teacher. Man, all of those are my shit. The, the synthesized keyboard sound on Jump. And of course, I mean, let's not sleep on DLR. David Lee Roth is rock and roll. He's a crazy motherfucker, but fuck, man. They didn't even like David Lee Roth. They couldn't stand the motherfucker from day one. But shit, that joint project that they called Van Halen from 1970-something up until that point, it was necessary. The world needed that. In 1984, the album was also the last album to feature the original members. They had enough of David Lee Roth's shit at this point, especially after this album. He already had an ego. But when this album came out, oh man, you couldn't tell him shit, especially when he's high on the drugs. So yeah, I'm going to be talking about 1984 the album released by Van Halen man R.I.P. Eddie today in sports history in 1811 the first women's golf tournament was held and I'm sure no blacks were allowed in 1903, Frank Farrell and Bill Devery purchased the American League's Baltimore baseball franchise for 18000 and moved it to New York City. They would later be named the New York Yankees, and the rest was history. In 1942, in his 20th title defense, Joe Lewis KOs Buddy Bear in the first round of their rematch to retain his world heavyweight boxing title at New York's Madison Square Garden. In 1947, Providence Steamrollers guard Dino Martin becomes the first NBA player to ever score 40 points in a game in a 91-68 win over the Cleveland Rebels at Rhode Island Auditorium. In 1952, the U.S. Marines give notice that they will recall Ted Williams to active duty. In 1958, Oscar Robertson of Cincinnati scores 56 points against Seton Hall, whose whole team scored 54 points. In 1962, the NFL prohibits grabbing a face mask. In 1967, the NFL New Orleans franchise decides to take the name of the Saints. In 1972, 
led by future Lakers star Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Milwaukee Bucks beat the LA Lakers 120-104, ending LA's consecutive win streak at 33, the longest winning streak in Major League Sports history. In 1977, Super Bowl XI is held at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. The Oakland Raiders beat the Minnesota Vikings 32-14. Fred Belenikoff, wide receiver of Oakland, is the MVP. In 1979, Bobby Orr's number four jersey is retired by the Boston Bruins. In 1984, Braves pitcher Pasquale Perez is arrested for cocaine possession. In 1989, Johnny Bench and Carl Yastrzemski are elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. In 1990, Boston Celtics have their worst quarter ever, scoring only six points in the second quarter versus New Jersey Nets, losing 87-78. In 1990, Jim Palmer and Joe Morgan are elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. In 1991, baseball officially bans Pete Rose from being elected to the Hall of Fame for betting on baseball. And on that same day in 91, Dean Smith of North Carolina is the sixth head coach to win 700 career games coaching basketball. Also in 91, Chicago's Michael Jordan scores a game-high of 40 points to lead the Bulls to a 107-99 win over Philadelphia at the Spectrum. He would also reach his 15,000-point mark of his career. In 1998, Boston Red Sox Mo Vaughn pleads not guilty to drunken driving. Also in 98, Hockey News selects Wayne Gretzky as the best NHL player ever. Uh, that's a no-brainer. In the year 2000, Miami Dolphin quarterback Dan Marino wins his last career NFL game, 20-17 versus Seattle. In 2012, the 14th BCS National Championship is held at the Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans. Number 2 Alabama beats number 1 LSU, 21 zip. And in 2017, the College Football National Championship is held at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Number 2 Clemson beats number 1 Alabama, 35-31. And that was my half-assed sports report. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about the album 1984, released on this day by Van Halen in 1984. We'll be black after these messages. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it up. Hey. It's black. I just need y'all to listen for a minute, man. Keep telling y'all, man. Family matters, you Let's go. Hey. Low breeze and J to the game and my legacy like Kareem Every day watching through my third eye like could it all be a dream If I take a loss then I pay the cost Pay the payment off ain't no in between Tryna like the sun through the up and downs I'm the biggest star that you ever seen Serious, rare as alien appearances Rerunning the shit, period And it's only a party if we're in it I be on stage and they cheering it You talking broke, I ain't hearing it For you that's a daily experience No to say we ain't clearing it I said let's do an experiment I'm just gonna take like a year with it Go underground, work on my sound Solid as a pyramid in the lab on my computer. I give a damn about a room building brands for my consumers, trying to plan a proper future. This ain't no positive rap, this is depositor rap. Hold up, let me just stop in my tracks. It actually is. I'm positive, I'ma need all of my scratch. I'm like a California tool guide. How I brought my folks to the set, going up till there's no going back. Them suckers don't know nothing about that. But if you listen, 
I'm here to show the game what it's been missing. I'm on a mission, trying to put me in a good position. If you listen, I'm here to show the game what it's been missing. I'm on a mission, trying to put me in a good position. Mm, mm, mm. Used to move that crack rock for the jackpot. Mm. Weed at a fair price, it's a cash crop mm. On the back blocks, late night like Matlock mm. A few close shades, it was still hairy like a flat top mm. Can't move slow when a bolt of lightning is the mascot Game don't wait, niggas gon' hate, grind can't stop And you won't know if you don't throw, take a sideways shot The shit gets swish, but hit or miss, I gave it all that I got See, I don't care what it cost me, my goals arrogant lofty Had to feel to the grind, cause I ain't making no coffee can't turn the other cheek, even though I know it's more godly. And I struggle with forgiveness, I'll cross you back if you cross me Cause these niggas done did me awfully when they finally caught me Haters trying to stop my movement on that cerebral palsy But I ain't tripping, I'm Gucci, on a mission to truly Live my life like a movie, whether in the bins or a hoopie You got to listen If you listen, I'm here to show the game what it's been missing I'm on a mission Tryna put me in a good position If you listen I'm here to show the game what it's been missing I'm on a mission Tryna put me in a good position Special mention to those no longer with us. Last Thursday, we lost American singer Calvin Simon. Born Calvin Eugene Simon on May 22, 1942 in Beckley, West Virginia, he was a member of the band's Parliament and Funkadelic. He is a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, inducted in 1997, along with 15 other members of the Parliament Funkadelic. Simon died on January 6, 2022, at the age of 79. Also on Thursday, we lost Bahamian-American actor, film director, and ambassador Sidney Poitier. Born on February 20, 1927 in Miami, Florida, he would go on to be the first black person and first Bahamian to win the Academy Award for Best Actor in 1964. He received two Academy Award nominations, ten Golden Globe nominations, two Primetime Emmy Award nominations, six British Academy of Film and Television Arts nominations, eight Laurel nominations, one Screen Actors Guild Award nomination, one Grammy Award, and another Grammy nomination. Poitier's entire family lived in the Bahamas, then still a crown colony, but he was born unexpectedly in Miami while they were visiting for the weekend, which automatically granted him U.S. citizenship. He grew up in the Bahamas but moved to Miami at age 15 and to New York City when he was 16. He joined the American Negro Theater landing his breakthrough film role as a high school student in the film Blackboard Jungle. In 1958, Poitier starred with Tony Curtis as chained together escaped convicts in The Defiant Ones which received nine Academy Award nominations. Both actors received a nomination for Best Actor, with Poitier's being the first for a black actor, as well as a nomination for a BAFTA, which Poitier won. In 1964, he won the Academy Award and Golden Globe Award for Best Actor for Lilies of the Field, playing a handyman helping a group of German-speaking nuns build a chapel. 
Portier also received acclaim for Porgy and Bess in 1959, A Raisin in the Sun in 1961, and A Patch of Blue in 1965. He continued to break ground in three successful 1967 films which dealt with issues of race and race relations, To Sir with Love, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and In the Heat of the Night. He received Golden Globe and British Academy Film Award nominations for his performance in the last film, and in a poll the next year was voted U.S.'s top box office star. Beginning in the 1970s, Poitier also directed various comedy films, including Stir Crazy in 1980, starring Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder, among other films. After nearly a decade away from acting, he returned to television and film, starring in Shoot to Kill in 1988 and Sneakers in 1992. Poitier was granted a knighthood by Queen Elizabeth II in 1974. In 1995, he received the Kennedy Center Honor, and from 1997 to 2007, he was the Bahamian Ambassador to Japan. In 2009, he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest civilian honor in the United States. In 2016, he was awarded the BAFTA Fellowship for Outstanding Lifetime Achievement in Film. In 1999, he ranked 22nd among male actors on the 100 Years 100 Stars list by the American Film Institute. He won a Grammy Award for Best Spoken Word Album in 2001. In 1982, he received the Golden Globe Cecil B. DeMille Award, and in 2000, he received the Screen Actors Guild Lifetime Achievement Award. In 2002, he was given an Honorary Academy Award in recognition of his remarkable accomplishments as an artist and as a human being. On January 6, 2022, Portier died at his home in Los Angeles, California, at the age of 94. Upon his death, many released statements honoring Portier, including President Joe Biden, who wrote in part, with unflinching grandeur and poise, his singular warmth, depth, and stature on screen, Sidney helped open the hearts of millions and change the way America saw itself. Former President Barack Obama paid tribute to Portier, calling him a singular talent who epitomized dignity and grace. Michelle Obama, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton also released statements. Many in the entertainment industry paid tribute to Poitier as well, including Martin Scorsese, who wrote, For years, the spotlight was on Sidney Poitier. He had a vocal precision and physical power and grace that at moments seemed almost supernatural. Denzel Washington wrote, It was a privilege to call Sidney Poitier my friend. He was a gentle man and opened doors for all of us that had been closed for years. Harry Belafonte, Morgan Freeman, Viola Davis, Whoopi Goldberg, Lupita Nyong'o, Holly Berry, Ava DuVernay, Oprah Winfrey, Octavia Spencer, Jeffrey Wright, Giancarlo Esposito, Quincy Jones, and Ron Howard also paid tribute. Just yesterday, we lost American concert promoter, producer, and artistic manager Michael Lang. Born December 11, 1944 in Brooklyn, New York, he was best known as a co-creator of the Woodstock Music and Art Festival in 1969. Michael Lang died from a rare form of non-Hodgkin lymphoma at the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York City on January 8, 2022, at the age of 77. Dick Enberg was an American sportscaster. Born Richard Allen Enberg on January 9, 1935 in Mount Clemens, Michigan, he would go on to have a career spanning over 60 years, providing play-by-play -play of various sports for several radio and television networks, including NBC from 1975 to 1999, CBS from 2000 to 2014, and ESPN from 2004 to 2011 as well as for individual teams such as UCLA Bruins basketball, Los Angeles Rams football, 
and California Angels and San Diego Padres baseball. Enberg was well known for his signature on-air catchphrases, such as touch em all, referring to home runs, and oh my, for particularly exciting and outstanding athletic plays. He also announced or hosted the Tournament of Roses Parade for many years, sometimes with the help of family members. Enberg retired from broadcasting in 2016 after seven seasons as the Padres' primary television announcer. Dick Enberg died on December 21, 2017 in La Jolla, California from a suspected heart attack. He was 82. Bob Denver was an American comedic actor. Born Robert Osborne Denver on January 9, 1935 in New Rochelle, New York, he portrayed Gilligan on the television series Gilligan's Island from 1964 to 1967 and the beatnik Maynard G. Cribs on the television series The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis from 1959 to 1963. Denver was a heavy smoker. He received cancer treatment and had undergone heart bypass surgery in 2005. On September 2, 2005, he died at age 70 from complications including pneumonia following throat cancer surgery at Wake Forest University Baptist Medical Center in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Bart Starr was a professional American football quarterback and coach. Born Brian Bartlett Starr on January 9, 1934 in Montgomery, Alabama, he would go on to play college football at the University of Alabama and was selected by the Green Bay Packers in the 17th round of the 1956 NFL Draft, where he played for them until 1971. Starr is the only quarterback in NFL history to lead a team to three consecutive league championships from 1965 to 1967. He led his team to victories in the first two Super Bowls, one and two. As the Packers head coach, he was less successful, compiling a 52-76-3 and and record from 1975 through 1983. Starr was named the most valuable player of the first two Super Bowls and during his career earned four Pro Bowl selections. He won the league MVP award in 1966. He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and Packers Hall of Fame in 1977. Starr has the highest postseason passer rating with 104.8, higher than any quarterback in NFL history, and a postseason record of 9-1. His career completion percentage of 57.4 was the NFL best when he retired in 1972. For 32 years, Starr also held the Packers' franchise record for games played with 196. During his latter years, Starr suffered a number of physical ailments, including strokes, mild heart attacks, seizures, and a broken hip. In June 2015, Starr's family reported that he was undergoing stem cell therapy in a clinical trial. He managed to attend a ceremony at Lambeau Field on November 26, 2015, retiring quarterback Brett Favre's jersey number in a fall 2017 reunion of the Ice Bowl Packers. At Super Bowl 50 in February 2016, the NFL held a pregame ceremony honoring the MVPs of all 49 Super Bowls. Although he wished to attend, Starr was not well enough to travel to the game and instead sent a videotape greeting from home. Starr died at the age of 85 on Sunday, May 26, 2019, in Birmingham, Alabama, after a period of failing health caused by a serious stroke he suffered in 2014. Rest easy, y'all. On this day in 1984, the album 1984 was released. 
1984 is the sixth studio album by American rock band Van Halen. It was the last Van Halen studio album until A Different Kind of Truth in 2012 to feature lead singer David Lee Roth, who left the band in 1985 following creative differences. This is the final full-length album to feature all four original members, Van Halen brothers, Roth, and Michael Anthony, although they reunited briefly in 2000 to start work on what would much later become 2012's A Different Kind of Truth. Roth returned in 2007, but Eddie's son Wolfgang replaced Anthony in 2006. 1984 and Van Halen's debut are Van Halen's best-selling albums, each having sold more than 10 million copies. 1984 was well-received by music critics. Rolling Stone ranked the album number 81 on its list of the 100 greatest albums of the 1980s. It reached number two on the Billboard 200 album chart and remained there for five weeks behind Michael Jackson's Thriller, on which guitarist Eddie Van Halen made a guest performance. 1984 produced four singles, including Jump, Van Halen's only number one single on the Billboard Hot 100, the top 20 hits Panama, and I'll Wait, and the MTV favorite Hotford Teacher. The album was certified diamond by the Recording Industry Association of America in 1999, signifying 10 million ship copies. Following the tour and support of their fourth studio album, Fair Warning, the band initially wanted to slow down and take a break. They released just one song, Oh Pretty Woman, intended to be a standalone song. However, the band's label asked for another album due to the song's success, and the band recorded their fifth studio album, Diver Down, very quickly. Following the recording of the album, guitarist Eddie Van Halen was dissatisfied by the concessions he had made to Van Halen frontman David Lee Roth and Warner Brothers producer Ted Templeman both discouraged Eddie from making keyboards a prominent instrument in the band's music. By 1983, Eddie was in the process of building his own studio, naming it 5150, after the California law code for the temporary and voluntarily psychiatric commitment of individuals, with Don Landy, the band's longtime engineer. While boards and tape machines were being installed, Eddie began working on synthesizers to pass the time. There were no presets, said Tippleman. He would just twist off until it sounded right. There, he composed Van Halen's follow-up to Diver Down without as much perceived interference from Roth or Templeman. The result was a compromise between the two creative factions in the band, a mixture of keyboard-heavy songs and the intense hard rock for which the band was known. Unlike the first five albums, 1984 took almost a year to create and produce. Most of their previous LPs had taken less than two weeks, while their first LP was recorded in just five days, all at Sunset Studios. In Rolling Stone's retrospective review of 1984 and its 100 best albums of the 80s list, Ted Templeman even admitted, it's real obvious to me why Van Halen won a broader audience with 1984. Eddie Van Halen discovered the synthesizer. The album's original release credits all songs to Edward Van Halen, Alex Van Halen, Michael Anthony, and David Lee Roth. The UK single release for I'll Wait credited Michael McDonald as a co-writer, but he was not credited on the US version. The ASCAP entry for I'll Wait lists Michael McDonald as co-writer with Roth and the Van Halens. Like many bands starting out on their career, Van Halen shared songwriting credit equally between all members, but subsequent claims would lend credibility to the view that all songs were entirely or predominantly written by Eddie Van Halen and David Lee Roth, with little input from Van Halen's rhythm section. 
After the release of their Best Of Volume 1 in 1996, Van Halen renegotiated the royalties with their label Warner Brothers. In 2004, Roth discovered that the rest of the band had renegotiated a royalty rate five times greater than his for releases made during his time as lead singer. Songs from 1984 that appear on compilations after the royalty renegotiation and Roth's lawsuit were credited to Edward Van Halen, Alex Van Halen, and David Lee Roth, with Michael Anthony's name removed from the credits, as evident in the end song credits of the 2007 film Superbad. The cover art was created by graphic artist Margot Nahas. It was not specifically commissioned. Nahas had been asked to create a cover that featured four chrome women dancing, but declined due to creative difficulties. Her husband brought her portfolio to the band anyway, and from that material, they chose the painting of a boy with wings stealing cigarettes. The model was Carter Helm, who was the child of one of Naha's best friends, whom she photographed holding a candy cigarette. The front cover was censored in the UK at the time of the album's release. It featured a sticker that obscured the cigarette in the boy's hand and the pack of cigarettes. The back cover features all four band members individually with 1984 in a green futuristic font. Musically, 1984 has been described as glam metal, hard rock, heavy metal, synth rock, and pop rock. The album's first two singles, Jump and I'll Wait, feature prominent synthesizers, as does the album's intro track, 1984, a one-minute instrumental. 1984 saw the release of the album's third single, Panama, which features a heavy guitar riff reminiscent of Van Halen's earlier work. The engine noise was from Eddie revving up his Lamborghini, with microphones used near the tailpipes. Later, a video of Hot for the Teacher was released and played regularly on MTV, giving the band a fourth hit, which sustained sales of the album. Other songs on 1984 included Girl Gone Bad, parts of which previously had been played during 1982 tour amidst performances of Somebody Get Me a Doctor, the hard rock Drop Dead Legs, and Top Jimmy, a tribute to James Paul Koenig of the band Top Jimmy and the Rhythm Pigs. The album concludes with House of Pain, a fiery heavy metal song that dates back to the band's early club days of the mid-1970s. Eddie told an interviewer that Girl Gone Bad was written in a hotel room that he and then-wife Valerie Bertinelli had rented. Valerie was asleep, and Eddie woke up during the night with an idea he had to put on tape. Not wanting to wake Valerie, Eddie grabbed a cassette recorder and recorded himself playing guitar in the closet. Eddie Van Halen stated he wrote the arrangement for Jump several years before 1984 was recorded. In a 1995 cover story in Rolling Stone, the guitarist said Roth had rejected the synth riff for Jump for at least two years before agreeing to write lyrics to it. In his memoir, Crazy from the Heat, Roth confirms Eddie's account, admitting a preference for Van Halen's guitar work. However, he says he now enjoys the song. Additionally, in his memoir, Roth writes that he wrote the lyrics to Jump after watching a man decide whether to commit suicide by jumping off a skyscraper. 1984 peaked at number two on the Billboard album charts, and the single Jump reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100. 1984 is the second of two Van Halen albums to have reached diamond status, selling over 10 million copies in the United States. Their debut, Van Halen, was the first. Jump went on to be certified gold in April of 1984, only months after the album's release. The Hot for the Teacher video, which was directed by David Lee Roth, stars pre-teen lookalikes of the four Van Halen band members, a stereotypical nerd named Waldo, David Lee Roth is Waldo's bus driver, and numerous teachers stripping. To promote the album, the band ran a contest on MTV. 
The contest was called Lost Weekend with Van Halen. Fans mailed over 1 million postcards to MTV in the hopes of winning the contest. In the promo for MTV, David Lee Roth said, You won't know where you are. You won't know what's going to happen. And when you come back, you're not going to have any memory of it. Kirk Jeffries won the contest and was flown to Detroit to join the band. Jeffries was allowed to bring along his best friend. He was given a Lost Weekend t-shirt and a hat. He was also brought on stage and had a large sheet cake smashed in his face, which was followed by about a dozen people pouring champagne on him. Reviews for 1984 were generally favorable. Robert Christgau rated the album a B plus. He explained that side one is pure up, and not only that, it sticks to the ears, and that Van Halen's pop move avoids fluff because they're heavy and schlock because they're built for speed, finally creating an all-purpose mise-en-scene for Brother Eddie's hair-raising, stomach-turning chops. He also called side two consolation for their loyal fans, a little sexism, a lot of pyrotechnics, and a standard HM bass attack on something called House of Pain. J.D. Considine, a reviewer for Rolling Stone, rated 1984 4 out of 5 stars. He called it the album that brings all of Van Halen's talent into focus. He stated that Jump is not exactly the kind of song you'd expect from Van Halen, but that once Alex Van Halen's drums kick in and singer David Lee Roth starts to unravel a typically convoluted storyline, things start sounding a little more familiar. Although he mentioned Jump as having suspended chords and a pedal point bass in a matter more suited to Asia, he went on to state that Eddie Van Halen manages to expand his repertoire of hot licks, growls, screams, and seemingly impossible runs to wilder frontiers than you could have ever imagined. He concluded that what really makes this record work is the fact that Van Halen uses all this flash as a means to an end, driving the melody home, rather than as an end in itself, and that despite all the bluster, Van Halen is one of the smartest, toughest bands in rock and roll. Following the death of lead guitarist Eddie Van Halen in October of 2020, 1984 saw a brief resurgence in the charts. Thank you, Van Halen. R.I.P. Eddie. Just a punk kid who plays guitar. In today's birthdays for January 9th, turning 33 today is American basketball player Michael Beasley. Happy 49th birthday to Jamaican rapper, singer, songwriter, musician, record producer, and actor Sean Paul. Happy 51st birthday to American rapper, actress, and radio host Angie Martinez. Turning 54 today is American actress Joey Lauren Adams. Turning 55 is South African-American singer, songwriter, guitarist, and actor Dave Matthews. Turning 67 is American actor J.K. Simmons. Happy 78th birthday to English guitarist, songwriter, and producer Jimmy Page. And happy 81st birthday to American singer, songwriter, guitarist, and activist Joan Baez. So that wraps up another edition of Over the Culture Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to check out my other show, Happen in the 90s every Thursday with Matt G, as well as our sister shows, Crushgasm, Don't Worry Be Movies, and B3F Podcast. Y'all be cool now. Go Cowboys. Peace. Oh! Oh, yes! Yeah, 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 yeah. Ha!
I live my life like there's no tomorrow. And all I've got, I had to steal.